with your Bibles in your hand or your electronic devices. Um, again, um, on my vacation, I had a chance to, to peek into different sermons and ser uh, services of different churches. It was an awesome time, and I understand some things that we challenges that we may have on social media. So it's some things that we're trying to do behind the scenes to get things right. Um, if you want to connect with Clinton Baptist Church, just go to our website at clintonbaptistchurch.org. And as soon as you go to our website, we have a connection card. And you put in your information and let us know your information and we will call you back and, uh, or email you back to connect with you. Uh, please invite friends to join in with us on Bible study every Wednesday, um, our Sunday school class on Thursday. We got so many things going on, so grateful. But also I learned that you all have a hard time when um, you on um, live to, to read your Bible and uh, to, to watch live as well. So I, I really want you to challenge yourself because you got to have your Bible in front of you. you got to have the Word of God in front of you so you'll know what the preacher is preaching about. And I know it's difficult because I was on that side um, for the whole month of July. So I know it's difficult. But we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, we got an awesome word um, throughout the rest of the year that God has been burning in my heart. Um, and um, just just so grateful for him speaking to me at this time. And we're in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Thank you so much, Sean, for visit. I mean, for continuing to support us. And Tammy, thank you all so much. Brian Bailey, thank you. Sister Erica, thank you. Sister um, Valerie Yates, I, I want to thank you as well. Thank you, Sister Pope, and um, for, for uh, tuning in. Lacey, thank you. For Pandora, thank you all so much. Uh, Deacon Allen, thank you. Uh, Jeanette, my wife, Sarita, all of y'all, thank you. Colina, Joe, uh, thank you all so much. I see you all. Nay, Joshua, Dirt, um, Sean, I thank you all. I see you all on, on um, our Instagram feed, and I thank you all. LaMonica, uh, Jasmine, um, I, you probably still sleep. That's my daughter, by the way, but thank you for, for tuning in as well. So we in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to read the first 14 verses, but we're going to lift off today on verse number 3. I'm going to read the first 14 verses, and, um, and we're going to lift off on verse 3. Bear with me at this time. So it says, Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Hold on. It said, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He said, just as he had chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons having, um, by Jesus Christ to him according to the good pleasures of his will. He says, to the praise of his glory or the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. He says, and he says, who made us accepted in the beloved. Him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin 
according to his riches in his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasures, which he purposed in himself, that in the disposition of the fullness of time that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, but both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. He says, in him, which is Jesus Christ, also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the promise, I mean, be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the words of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit a promise. Watch this, verse number 14 and the last verse. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Oh, my God. Thank you, Father God, for your word. Just bless this time in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For those who just joined, we're in Ephesians chapter 1. We read, I read from verse 1 to verse 14, but for, for the purpose and sake of time, we will not finish this, this sermon today, so it will be a part one and a part two. But I just want to lift off here from, from verse 3 as I speak from the topic, in Christ. In Christ. We're in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, but we're going to lift off on verse 3. And I want to speak to you to, from the topic, in Christ. In Christ. I was on vacation and I had a chance to, to read a lot. And what I saw as I was preparing for this sermon, I was looking at a show about people who uh, went from rags to riches. And it was a very interesting show and you all, some of you all may have seen it and, um, where people go from rags to riches. But there was this couple in upstate New York a couple of years ago was riding around on a Saturday morning running errands and they stopped to go to a garage sale. And at this garage sale, they, they walked through the garage sale and, and just looking at different items and a bowl caught their attention. This, 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 this antique bowl caught their attention and they, they, they looked at this bowl and they, they examined this bowl and they, they liked the bowl. And they asked the lady who at the uh, garage sale, who's having a garage sale, how much you want for this bowl? And she said, oh, $45. And they paid the $45 for the bowl, and they took it home, and they was excited. And they said a couple of years later, this bowl struck their attention. And they said, let's do some research on this bowl, and let's see what its origin is. Where, where did it come from? So what they did, they went out and hired an assessor. An assessor would come in, and he assessed the bowl and look at it, and he'd do research to find out the origin of the bowl. An assessor took the bowl and he did research and what he found out that this was a rare bowl. That this bowl was, um, was one of the few bowls, ancient bowls that was left from the New Song um, dynasty. 
which was back years, years, years ago. And this was a, a rare bowl that was in good condition that, that was still around. And so as he did more assessments and um, assessed the bowl and, and did research, he found out that this $45 bowl that they spent was worth $2.2 million. So this couple found a, a, a dealer in London. And this, this uh, dealer in London um, purchased this bowl for $2.2 I mean $2 million. Now, you and I get stuck. I know you, Sean. I see your face now. You're excited. I know y'all. Y'all get stuck on, on, on garage sales and things at the garage sale for $45 and, and making and going to sell it for $2.2 million. But I don't want you to get stuck on that because there are so many stories like that. But what I want you all to see is think about the person who sold the boat. Let's think about that lady who, who had the garage sale, who, who, who went through all her stuff that she thought was junk, who went through all her items and her possessions that she thought didn't mean anything or thought didn't have any value or, or have any possession or have any valuable possessions or, or wasn't anything. Just think about how she went through all her things and, and she set them out and said, oh, we can sell this and put a price tag of $45 on this boat. Just, just think about her. This, this lady had this valuable bowl in her possession, and she didn't even know what she had. She, she had this expensive bowl that was a rare, that, that was only a few of them that were, were, were even left anymore in the, in the world. And this rare bowl from New Song uh, Dynasty, she had this, um, this rare bowl, and she just sold it for $45. Just think about this lady who looked at this bowl and said, this this, this ain't nothing. This is just a piece of trash to me. I can get rid of it. Maybe I can get some money from it. Just think about the value that this bowl had that she had no idea. Guess what? When I was looking at that show, it caused me to remember. It caused me to think about us as Christians. The value that we have in God. The, the, the possession that we hold in Christ, and we, we don't even know what we have. I, I, I'm sick of, and tired of seeing believers walk around with their head down. I'm sick and tired of seeing believers walk around defeated and, and depressed and, 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 and shameful and living in guilt because we don't know what we have in Christ. We, we have a valuable possession in Christ Jesus, and it's, it's worth so much more than $2.5 million that he has blessed us with. But we walking around defeated, and we walking around distraught, and we walking around um, un, uncertain about who we are in Christ. And, and the Bible is full of uh, scripture that tell us who we are in Christ. Just like that lady. We look at our relationship in Christ and, and think it has no value. We look at who we are in Christ and, and, and just put it to the side like it, it doesn't mean nothing. And here in this text, here in this chapter, Paul writes, and, and over and over again, you see the term in him. It's the phrase in him, the phrase in him or in Christ or in the beloved. Over and over and over. And, and, and we learn that this chapter 1 in Ephesians is called the in him chapter. Because over and over again, we see the in him or in Christ or in the beloved. So we call this chapter the, the in him chapter. And, and, and Paul lets us know who we are in Christ. 
Paul lets us know the value that we have in Christ. Paul lets us know the possession that we hold in Christ. And he lets us know who we are in Christ because there's too many believers walking around who don't know who they are and don't know the value that we have in Christ. And Paul lays it out for us. Paul says that, that in Christ, and he, and he lets us know here in verse number one, he lets us know, verse number one B, he lets us know who this book belonged to, who he writing to. He said, this, 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 I'm writing to the, the people in Ephesus, the believers in Ephesus, but not only to the believers in Ephesus, he said, I'm writing to every faithful believer. Paul says that I'm writing to everyone. This is a circular letter that go to all believers. This letter is not only written back then for believers, but it's also written right now to us, Danita. It's also written to us, Wanda. It's also written to us, Charmaine. It's also written to us, Angel. It's also written to us, and he writes to us to let us know who we are in Christ. So today as we launch from verse 3. Today, as we, we look at verse 3, Bonnie, we look at verse 3, Lena, we look at verse 3, Charlene, we look at verse 3, Heather. As we look at verse 3, we launch a, who we are in Christ. Paul lays it out. And as I said, we're in Ephesians chapter 1, verse, verses 3 through 14, and we're looking at in Christ. Keisha, he says, Deacon Island, Dirk, he says that in Christ, look what he says. He said the, the, the first thing, he said in Christ we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. He said that in Christ, the first thing we see that in Christ we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Look at this. He says, he says in Christ we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. He said, blessed be the God and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Look what he says, Monique. Look what he says, Barbara. He says that in Christ we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. He says, so, so I see by your response. See, because I, I see by your response that you don't understand what you have been blessed with. See, because if I would have said that you would be blessed with a car, you'd be celebrating by now. If I said you would be blessed with a new home, you'll be celebrating by now. If I said that you would be blessed with a new job or with a job, you'll be celebrating right now. If I said that you would be blessed with a shopping spree, you'll be celebrating right now. If I said you would be blessed with a husband, you'll be celebrating right now. If I said you'll be blessed with a wife, you'll be celebrating right now. If I said you won't be blessed with, with great finances, you'll be celebrating right now. But Paul says you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's more greater. Than, than those things that I just said that you will be celebrating. You should be celebrating because you already received the blessings of God and every spiritual blessing that he has for us in heaven, we already received it. In Christ, we already received it. See, but the difference about the spiritual blessings that we bless with versus the material blessings that we bless with, these blessings will not decay. Lacey, these blessings will not be destroyed. Tiffany, these lessons will not fade away. Uh, Kim, these lessons will not get damaged. These lessons will not get eaten up by moth. These lessons will not be destroyed or, or taken away from you. These blessings are blessings that God, Rob, has blessed us with, that God, Miss Murray, have blessed us with in the heavenly place. We have been blessed with every single blessing in the heavenly place. That's worth celebrating. That's worth thanking God for. That God has blessed you. He didn't say, watch this, he didn't say that you're going to be blessed 
uh, with them, he said that you already been blessed. He said that every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place, you already been blessed with. You, not, you don't have to tarry for it. You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to pat your feet for it, Jackson, Joshua. You already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place. He already blessed us in Christ. Those who in Christ already receive all the spiritual blessings that God has in store for you and for me. We in Christ have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Said Erica, we have, been, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Watch this. These blessings, what are these blessings? Because I heard so many people preach from this, this sermon before, I mean preach from this verse. And they always talk about you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And that's great because you have. But what are these spiritual blessings? Because what are the spiritual blessings that I'm already being blessed with? He, Paul says that because we in Christ, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing that God has for us, we already received. But what are these spiritual blessings? And I did research, and I, and I did study, and I prayed on it. God, what are these spiritual blessings? And until this time of the study of this, I never knew. But I heard preachers preach from it all the time, that you have been blessed with spiritual blessings. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, but never told me what spiritual blessings they are. But as I was doing my reading and, and doing research, God revealed to me what are the spiritual blessings. Everything that is found in verse 4 through 14 is the blessings that we already received. Everything that's found in verse 4 here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 through 14, are the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. So he says, that, he says that in Christ, in Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, he says, in Christ, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. That's verse 3. So that's the first thing. In Christ, we have every spiritual blessing. We've already been blessed with it. He says, in Christ, we have every spiritual blessing. The second thing he says that we have in Christ, he says, in Christ, we have been chosen. Watch this. He said, in Christ... We have been chosen. Look at verse 4. It says, just as he chose us in him. Y'all see that in him? Before the foundation of the world, that you should be holy and without blame before him in love. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He says that in Christ, we have been chosen. You got to understand that in Christ, you have been chosen. This word chosen, Sam, means to be elected. To me, it means to be pointed out by God to be his child. So it's a, it's a whole different um, 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 view on the doctrine of election. It's a whole different view, and for the sake of time, we don't have time to deal with that. But uh, we, we, we're going to deal with it at some point, Gretchen. But, but, but it says that in Christ you have been chosen. You have been elected. Every one of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior have been chosen by God. Every single one of us who accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior have been elected by God. That's worth celebrating, that in Christ you've been chosen. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Before the pandemic, I used to go out and play basketball every week, and we play pickup ball. For those who know about pickup basketball, about open run, um, I play with 40 and older, we're 35 and older guys. So it's about 15 of us show up. So what we do, we go into the gym, okay, we go into the gym, and what we do, we say, okay, shoot for it. So everybody gets the chance to shoot. But we're shooting a three-point shot, and whoever make it become captains. So, you know, on the basketball team, 
uh, Mumu, you know, and Cuddy, on a basketball team, what you have is you have two captains. So we go and we do open gym and we have two captains. So you shoot for So say, for instance, I'm the first one to shoot. I hit my three-pointer because, you know, I be hitting my three-pointer. So I hit my three-pointers and I'm a captain. So because I shot first and I hit my shot first, I'm a captain and I choose first. So then the next person shoot. So if the next person shoot and miss, he's not a captain. The next person who shoot and make it is a captain. So then me and that person after me who makes it, we are captains. So we choose our team. We choose the first, first 10 people. So I got five on my team. They got five on their team. So now as a captain, who, who's choosing this team and as a competitive captain, like I am, I want to win. So I'm going to choose the best to make me win. So, so, so when I'm choosing my team, Iris, when I'm choosing my team, Sean, when I'm choosing my team, Ms. Murray, watch this. When I'm choosing my team, what I want to choose is the best ones that will help me win. See, so I have a list. I have evaluation in my head to help me win this basketball game. I'm still dealing with in Christ we are chosen. Watch this. So, 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 so I choose the best one. I look at the players. So I know we need some big men, so I'm going first for the big men. But also, I'm just not looking for any big man. I'm looking for big men who are in shape, who can, who can get up and down the court, who can box out some things and remount some things that, to help us get this win. But also, I'm looking for people who can play, who, who, look, uh, uh, um, who look athletic and, and um, who can play, who can handle the ball and, and who can shoot. I'm, I'm looking for those kind of things. And also, now this may seem a little crazy, but I'm also looking at your outfit. Baby, I'm looking at your outfit. Cherry, I'm looking at your outfit as well. Because your outfit really tells if you can play or not. If you come out there with a Bulls jersey on, some Bulls shorts on, and, the, and some Jordans on, you really can't play. You just came to look good. You really can't play. Your, 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 your tennis shoes got to be a little scuffed up some. They got to be a little banged up like you know how to play. You see what I'm saying? So, so that's my observation of choosing who's going to be on my team. See, but watch this. So because some of you ladies, you all can't get with the illustration because you don't know about basketball. You never played basketball or really care less about basketball. But let's, let's make it interesting for you. Now, when you out choosing a man, when you, when you line men up, when you walking down the street and you see men that look good, you, you, you got your list. You got the ones you're going to choose. See, you're not just going to choose anybody. You're going to choose the one who fits your list. You're going to choose the one that can be beneficial to you. You're going to choose the one who can lift you up. You're going to choose the one going to be your partner and help you out and got your back when you're down and celebrate you when you're up. You're going to choose a little different. See, but with God, I am thank God that he's not like man or woman. See, when God chose me, he didn't see, I didn't have nothing to offer. He wasn't looking for me to offer anything. See, when God chose me, he still chose me while I was broken. He still chose me while I was a liar. He still chose me while I was a fornicator. He still chose me while I was wicked. He still chose me while I was a get over. He still chose me when I was out there sinning. So I'm so glad that God chose me. And in Christ, you have been chosen. I know that's my life, but look at your life. Look at the things that you have done. Look at the places that you have been. Look at the sin you got in your life. And God still decided to choose you. He didn't look at you and say, you got on the wrong outfit. Fit. He didn't look at you and say, you got a foul mouth, I'm not going to choose you. He didn't look at you and say, you got too many men or too many women, I'm not going to choose you. He didn't look at you and say, you like men or you like women, I'm not going to choose you. God chose you and gave everybody the position to be chosen in election because he chose you. And in Christ, you have been chosen. 
God has chosen us. Everyone who have received salvation has been chosen. He has chosen you. But I like this because the scripture goes on. He says he had chosen us. Look, even he says he chosen us. Watch this. Before the foundation of the world. He said he chose you and I before the world was even formed. Before the world was even created. Oh my God, I'm getting excited because God had me on his mind before he even had the trees on his mind. God had me on his mind before he even had the birds on his mind. God had me on his mind before he even had the atmosphere on his mind. God had me on his mind. Oh my God, you should be turning up the phone right now. You should be excited, running around, thanking God because he chose you. See, the reason why you can't thank God because you think you all that and a bag of chips and all that. But God says you're not, and you should be thankful that he chose you. Says that in Christ we have been chosen. We have been chosen in Christ. We are a valuable possession in Christ, and you out there selling yourself for $45. You like that lady at the garage sale looking at yourself and saying, I ain't worth nothing. And I'm going to give it to every man who want it. That I'm not worth nothing. I'm going to give it to every woman who want it. That I'm not worth nothing. I'm just going to do this and do that. And God says you are valuable to him because he chose you before the foundation of the world. He chose you. He chose you before things were even created. God has chose you. He said that he has chose you before the foundation of the world, that you have been chosen before the foundation of the world. And he says, look, he says, and that you should be holy and blameless in him in love. He said that he chose you for the purpose that you may walk a right life. He says he chose you for the purpose that you may live a life that is filled with life of God. He said that he chose you that you may live an obedient life, a life of holiness and without blame. He chose you that you may live a right life and be an example to the world of who Christ is. He chose you that you may walk in newness of life, that you may walk in righteousness and not in sin. He chose you that you may walk upright and not in wickedness. He chose you that you may walk in obedience and not disobedience. He chose you in Christ. We have been chosen to be holy and to be blameless in his love he's chosen you that in Christ we have been chosen so some of you all think you're defeated some of you all think that God don't care about you that, that God had left you and you doubt and doubt in the power of God and what God can do in your life and what God is doing in your life but you got to understand that God has chosen every one of us in Christ has been chosen in Christ we have we have uh, every spiritual blessing in Christ we have been chosen we're in Ephesians chapter 1 Verses, verses uh, uh, 3 tells us in Christ, we have every spiritual blessing. Verses 4 tells us in Christ, we have been chosen. Verse 5, look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, in Christ we have been adopted. He says, in Christ we have been adopted. Look what he says. He says, having predestined us to adoptions as sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself. My God. That in Christ, you have been adopted. Oh, my God, that's, that's, that's messing me up because right now you all should be celebrating. You all should be, be thankful in God that, that you've been adopted. But I see the reason why you ain't celebrating. Because you don't know anything about adoption. 
See, you think that, that, that everyone, watch this, we think that everyone is a child of God. This is what we say, oh, everyone's a child of God. No, that's not true. The scripture does not support that. The scripture does not at all support that. So when I said that in Christ, you, we have adoption, you should have been falling on the floor. Your teeth should have been jumping out if you put them in yet. Your wig should have been crooked. crooked. You should have been flipping over tables and couches and pews, knocking down vases and knocking down mirrors, thanking God that he adopted you. But the reason why you ain't doing that is because you believe that you was a child of God before you even was a child of God. But the scripture don't support that. The scripture says that we all made in the end image and likeness of God, but we are not the child of God until we surrender our life to him as our Lord and Savior. So that's why you can't celebrate. You can't celebrate the adoption because you thought you was already in the uh, family of God, but the only thing gets you in the family of God is that you believe and confess your sins and that Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood that you and I may have life and we may accept that, that he ascended to the right hand of the Father and by his finished work, we obtain adoption into the family. See, but you think that, that because everybody's the family of God, everybody's in the family of God. Watch this. Well, let me help you out because uh, John chapter 8, John chapter 8, verse 44 through 45, said that you are of, the fa- of your father, the devil. He said, because they were doing the, the work of the devil, because they was out there sinning and, and getting over on people and, and doing all kinds of wickedness, Jesus Christ said, you just like your father, the devil. If you was a child of God already, he wouldn't call you the father of the devil. Your father, the devil. So you was a child of the devil. Right here in the same uh, book of Ephesians and Ephesians chapter 2, it says, Ephesians chapter 2, um, around verse 2, it says that before we got saved, we were seed, uh, sons of disobedience. You were sons of disobedience. You belong to the devil. We all belong to the devil. He was our father. In this very same chapter, in chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, it says that we were children of wrath. He says, before you came a Christian, before you got adopted in the family, your father was a devil. You was a child of wrath. You lived a wayward life. You didn't have anything to do with God. You didn't like God. You didn't serve God. You didn't worship God. And you wasn't in his family. None of us was. So now for God to accept us, to adopt us into the family, you should be celebrating because God looked past all your faults to adopt you. I'm so glad. I don't know about you. I'm celebrating. When I was doing this sermon, boy, I had to get up and I had to dance because I'm thinking about how God adopted me, that God adopted me and his family. That's the best thing, that now I'm a child of God. I walk around with my head up. I'm not defeated because I know I am a child of God. Yeah, you may say some things about me. Yeah, you may talk behind my back. Yeah, I may do some wrong things sometimes, but I still know that I'm a child of God because I was adopted into the family of God. And I'm so thankful for the hymn. The hymn says, praise the Lord. My heart with his love is beaming. I am a child of God. Heaven's golden light over me is screaming. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Let the saints rejoice with with a raptured spirit. I will testify to the world 
may hear, so the world may hear me because I am a child of God. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful today that I'm a child of God, that God adopted me into his family. And because of the death and burial of Jesus Christ, because I'm in Christ, I'm a valuable possession. I'm so grateful for Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Let me know that I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Let me know that I have been chosen by God. And let me know I have been adopted into the family. I looked up the word, I looked up some things about adoption. And what I learned about adoption is that I had the same right as a biological child. If you ever adopted, you have the same right as a biological child. That means whatever they inherit, you got the same inheritance. And I'm so grateful that I'm adopted into the family of God because I can inherit the things of God that Jesus, the Son of God, has given me and has inherited. I'm so glad that I'm in the family of God. I'm so glad that God adopted me because in Christ, I've been adopted. In Christ. Paul lays this out. Paul lays this out. The value that we have. The possession that we hold in Christ. He lays it out that in Christ, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. What are those spiritual blessings? He said the first one is that we have been chosen by God. In Christ, we have been chosen. He said the second one, in Christ, that we have been adopted into the family. We have been predestined and adopted into the family of God. I'm so grateful that I'm in the family of God, that my, I got brothers and sisters in the family of God. I'm so glad that God looked past my faults. God looked past my issues. God looked past my circumstances and, and, and looked towards me as me, as a valuable possession, and adopted me into his family. And he did that all, all through his son, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood on a cross that you and I may have all these blessings in Christ. I'm done. I want to encourage you this Sunday. Thank you. Come back next week. Bring people. Tell your friends about it so they'll know what it means to be in Christ. I don't want you selling your valuable possessions for $45 like that lady at the garage sale for about that bowl. You are worthy. You are worth, I mean, you are worth a whole lot to God. He gave his only begotten son to die on a cross that you may have life. And in that life, in Christ, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. In Christ, we have been chosen and in Christ, we have been adopted. Today, there's someone here who can't say I'm in Christ. Because like I said, you are not in the family because you have not surrendered your life to him as your Lord and Savior. You've been born in the image and the likeness of God, but you are not a child of God because you have not professed faith and surrendered your life to him as your Lord and Savior. But today, you can be adopted just that quick. All you got to do, as Romans says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you shall be saved. Is there one today? Is there one who don't have a relationship with God? Is there one who tired of living the life that they live in and don't know if they're going to heaven or hell? Is there one who 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 been out there and just doing what they do, doing what you do, and don't have no relationship, don't have no life in God? And you saying, God, I need you. Here it is. Because of the sin of Adam and Eve, all of us, all of us, all of our destiny was hell, total separation from God. And God says that I'm gonna make a way. 
that you can have eternal life. And that way going to come through my son. I'm going to give my son as a sacrificial lamb, who is Jesus Christ, to die on the cross in your place because we deserve death. He died on the cross in your place that he may fulfill the payment of your sin that you may, if you trust and believe in him, may be right by God. And today is a great opportunity. Do you want that relationship with God? If you do, type in one. If you do, type in one. If you have some questions, you can, you can text me or call me on 301-653-6219. If you, you got questions about salvation, if you got questions about God, reach out to me. 301-653-6219. But today is about your salvation. Is there one? We got people looking. Is there one? Anybody want to surrender? Just put in one. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I realize that I, if I die, I'm going to hell. And the only way you can escape hell is uh, place your faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came and died. And he died once and for all that you may have eternal life. He did that. And in Christ, you can have these blessings that he talked about. You can have all the spiritual blessings. You've been chosen by God. You have been elected by God. You have been um, adopted in the family of God because you believe in Jesus Christ. Is there one? Is there any? Is there any? By the response, I don't see if there any. But today, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you because there are so many people, so many believers who are walking around defeated. So many believers who are walking around cast down. So many people, so many believers who are walking around frustrated and upset at their life, but you don't understand the value that you have in Christ. And today, I ask that you put everything to the side. Turn off the TV if you got it on. Turn off your, your meal if you got it on. Turn, I mean, um, um, get by yourself and we're going to pray. We're going to petition God. Because Christians, it's time to live a victorious life. It's time to live a life of victory and not a life of defeat. Because you in Christ, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. You have everything you need to be successful in Christ. So I want to pray. And I call us all to the altar. Now we got people scattered all around. We got people from Mississippi, people from New Jersey, people from Norfolk, people from Texas. We got people scattered all the way around. We got people from South Carolina and North Carolina and D.C. and Maryland and Virginia. We got people from everywhere, and I want to pray for you. Let's petition God. Father God, I come before you thanking you for your word. Lord God, thank you for, for opening our eyes and, and spiritually equipping us and empowering us to remind us and to show us that in you we have everything we need. Lord God, that because of you, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Lord God, there's no blessing in heaven that we are waiting for. We've been given to at the, at the, at a, at the um, immediate time of our salvation. Lord God, we thank you that, that we've been chosen by you. Lord God, if, if we be honest, some of us wouldn't even choose ourselves. Some of us wouldn't even choose our own children or our own wives or our own husbands or our own mothers or our own brothers and sisters or our own cousins and uncles and aunts. Some of us wouldn't even choose any, any of us. But we thank you that you look past our issues and our fault and chose us anyway. Elected us. And you did it before the foundation of the world. We thank you, Lord God, that in you, you called us to live a holy life. You called us to be blameless. Lord God, I pray for our believers. I pray that we step our game up. Lord God, stop saying we telling a little white lie. Stop slipping with your cuss words. 
Stop, stop, stop drinking and smoking and cussing people out, Lord God, and, and, and living a life that is not like a, like a believer, like a Christ follower. I call us out to be true disciples of God, that we be examples in the face of people, that people may see us and see you. I pray, Lord God, that in you we've been adopted in your family. I thank you, Lord God, because we was orphans. Lord God, we, we were under the, the power and the strength of the devil, Lord God. Whatever the devil told us to do, we did it, Lord God. But I'm thankful and grateful, Lord God, that you decided to adopt us in your family. And because we in your family, we inherit everything that you have and you own everything, Lord God. So, Lord God, we come right now and ask for forgiveness in our life. We ask for any mistakes we made, we ask that you forgive us. We ask that we get right before you in our relationship, Lord God. I ask that our parents, that parents step up. Stop complaining about what the school's going to do. And they go to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and, and look in there and it says that you ought to teach your children the word of God and educate them. I pray, Lord God, that we stop looking for people to, to, to do everything. And, Lord God, we step up in you and know that you have chosen us and adopted us in your family to lead our families. I pray that our fathers step up and help the single parents. I pray that the young people put down these guns, Lord God, and stop the senseless murders, Lord God. I pray that they get it together. I pray that men and women go out and hug our young people and let them know that they are valuable, that their life is more than $45 like that lady sold that bowl at that garage sale. Let them know they're a prime possession of you, Lord God, because you bankrupt heaven to give your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for them. So, Lord God, we call you to on you because you all we have. And we thank you, Lord God, that we are in you today, that in you we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. In you we have been chosen, and in you we have been adopted. So I thank you for your word. Encourage us, Lord God, throughout the week that you may continue to bless us. Be with me. Thank you for the vacation. Thank you, Lord God, for this church. Thank you, Lord God, for the body of Christ. Thank you for the leaders who stood in the gap that the church of God may go forward. Thank you, Lord God, for all the haters and the doubters that keep on making us rise to the top. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's get a glory, a hand clap of praise. Just so grateful for that. So thankful. Oh, just a wonderful word. Remember, that's part one. Part two is coming next week. So please invite people.